Attention. It's real talk about everything for the home. Let's get ready. For homeowners, it's a conversation that includes news, tips, do-it-yourself advice, and a behind-the-scenes look into the trade. I think this is great. Yes. Yes, it is. From LCS Heating and Cooling, this is Talkin' Trades. Real talk with Renee Lucas. Hi, and welcome to Talkin' Trades. I'm your host, Renee Lucas, from LCS Heating and Cooling, here for real talk about the trades and your home. I'm here today with our home comfort specialist at LCS, Travis Ross. Hi, Travis. Hello. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the five things that often take homeowners by surprise when they're looking to replace their heating and cooling equipment. Howie Politics and State Affairs Pro offer insider election coverage, polling, and analysis in Indiana. Our nonpartisan news and legislative tools create a winning combination pro subscribers can't live without. For all the resources you need this election season and beyond, visit pro.stateaffairs.com slash in. That's pro.stateaffairs.com slash in. All right, Travis. So replacing the HVAC system, it's one of the biggest investments for your home, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. So some people choose to make a rather quick decision based on circumstance. So the furnace quits. Yep. And they have no heat. And I need to replace now. Yep. (laughs) And some people see that, hey, my system's getting a little old. And so I need to start planning and budgeting for that. And so then they take a little bit more time in that decision. Yes, they do. Okay. So regardless of whichever way, you know, they end up replacing their system, there's some surprises that people have sometimes and you encounter those on a daily or weekly basis right yes okay so let's go through those we're gonna start with one surprise that we often get from the very beginning straight from the office and that is hey can you just give me a price over the phone I mean just give me a ballpark range so tell me what are you doing in people's homes that make it necessary for you to go there before you give a price well, so uh, obviously I introduce myself, I'm, I'm uh, taking measurements and uh, talk to the homeowner quite a bit about maybe what they want, um, the size of the unit, the size of the house, ductwork. Uh, there's quite a bit that goes into that um, and the price can change quite a bit. Okay, depending on that, how long are you usually there? Uh, anywhere from 90 to 90 minutes to two hours. Okay. So, I mean, it's a pretty significant appointment. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you're talking about taking measurements, are you talking about their current system that's already there? Yeah. So obviously, um, if there's any duct modifications, we got to have those measurements to be able to install the new piece of equipment. Okay. Does that happen very often? A lot. Every single job. Does it really? (laughs) Okay. See, sometimes I guess you think that I'll just take a furnace out and put a furnace back in. But I guess over the years, size, you know, size of the furnace dimensions, that all changes, right? Yes. Okay. Now, what about location of the equipment? Does that really matter? It does. Um, if it's in a garage, we got to have an insulated duct. Okay. So um, it doesn't sweat or condensate. If it's in an attic, it needs to be insulated. Um, obviously, if it's in an attic, I'm, we need to make sure that our guys are going to be secured up in the attic. So if there's a walkway or whatnot. Oh, yeah. I can just imagine those. Jo- I remember we had a we had a technician once that was in an attic, and he was carrying an extension cord and walking on joist, and he tripped on the extension cord, and his foot went through the ceiling. Yep. <laughs> so that is never good. So that's really important to know what they'll be working with as they're carrying that equipment out and, and working back in that. What yeah. about crawl spaces? Are there many furnaces that are in crawl spaces? Not a lot, but there are some. Okay, so that makes a difference too. Yeah. What's the ideal location, like a basement, big old wide-open basement? Basement. Garage is nice too because they can just back up to the garage, and it's yep. all right there. 
Okay. So when you think about, um, you also mentioned some efficiency and kind of talking to the homeowner about what they want. So that all affects price, I guess. It does. Okay. Uh, Size of equipment, um, size of size of uh, furnace and and there's a lot of other things that goes into that too you know maybe they want something extra like a humidifier or whatnot oh that's a good point as well duct cleaning that's duct something cleaning. that sometimes we quote in at the same time mm-hmm. as we're doing something and does it matter if they have electric or gas does it, that play a role yeah it does definitely um gas is typically a little more expensive up front okay. but you definitely save Oh. On the back end of that, you know, your electric bill is, is going to be quite a bit more. Okay, okay. So on your utilities over the years, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to recover some of that. Okay, that makes sense. So sometimes, you know, we'll be in the office and somebody will say, can you please just give me a ballpark range? And, you know, in the office we'll say 6000 to $15,000. <laughs> and, you know, we're not trying to be jerks about it, but being realistic, I mean, the range really is that wide, isn't it? Yeah, and, and really 6000 is is quite a bit low. Um, you don't okay. see that very often. Um, obviously maybe if they have a seven, 800 square foot house, it could be that low if they went basic. Okay. But, um, realistically you're, you're 7,000 plus dollars for, okay, for, for a, a new, new system. system. And you're talking about for the furnace and the air conditioner. Yep, heating and cooling. Okay. Okay. So speaking of price, after you're there and you present a couple of options, you know, three or four options to the homeowner, um, sometimes I know you get, whoa, that is really expensive and a little bit more than what I was expecting, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think people are basing price on? Uh, I think a lot of times they're basing it on their previous experience. Okay. <clears throat> the issue with their previous experience is, is maybe their house wasn't the same size um, or maybe they'd done it 10 or 15 years ago and, oh, yeah. um, you know, pricing did change back then. I think another thing a lot of people do nowadays is look at the Internet and, you know, Internet can be deceiving. Oh, it can be. And, you know, when you're looking online, you're looking at a piece of equipment or a part or something, but you're missing everything. All the tools, all the uh, man hours that it takes. There's a lot that goes into it. Yes, absolutely. So good point. And going back to your point about if somebody um, had to do this maybe 10 or 15 years ago, what kinds of things have changed in in the heating and cooling industry that that plays a role in that price? Um, Efficiency. Um, technology, okay. refrigerant. Um, obviously, people are making more money nowadays. More money. Yeah, <laughs> than what they did 10 or 15 years yeah. ago, just inflation, general inflation. Big thing there. So when you're talking about refrigerant, you know, we just, we're going through really currently that change from R22 to R410, right? And so what does that, what does that really mean for a homeowner? Like, why does that matter as far as cost goes? It's, it's not a real big, I mean, cost thing. Um, I mean, you may have to change the line set. We may flush the line set. Okay. The biggest thing is, is just the the refrigerant. Um, being a new refrigerant, you have to most of the time replace the indoor coil instead of just an air conditioner. Gotcha. So a lot of times you could just replace that outdoor unit, connect it back up to the old coil. It, it wasn't the best thing to do, but with nowadays, you, you got to replace that indoor coil. Okay. So that's really not a choice because you can't mix those refrigerants. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is going to make that price go up. Yep. And then you mentioned, you know, the, the line set may play a factor in that as well. There's yep. a little more added cost to that. Now technology, I know when I think of technology, I think of the fun thermostats, right? Yeah. So the Alexa enabled thermostats, the thermostats that have all the cool graphs that you can look up. Um, but is there actually, you know, new technology inside of the equipment itself? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, you're, you're getting modulating systems nowadays where uh, the system is more, is a more demand 
for your house based on the temperature outside. Okay. So uh, we size HVAC equipment depending on heating and cooling for three degrees or, or 93 degrees outside. And, um, you know, if you got a modulating system, it's going to make you feel more comfortable and it's going to be a lot more efficient. So that technology... You know, obviously takes more to, to make it. Yeah, it definitely costs more, right? But mm-hmm. but the, the value of that is that you're more comfortable in your home. More, more comfortable, comfortable and money back as far as, you know, on your t- utility bills. Okay, okay. Th- those are great points. So is there something that, is there a way that people could prepare? Like if they're thinking, you know, I might have to change my system in the next year or two. You know, what kind of a budget, you know, if we wanted to, sh- if we wanted to shrink it down a little bit, I know you said that you're safe, you're, you know, probably 7,000 or above is, is realistic. But, you know, the days of having a system for $4,500, like those are pretty much gone, right? Yeah, that's out the window. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as far as budgeting, um, you know, it, it really, here's a, another question I ask, and, and that's how long you're going to live there. If you plan on living there a long time and, and you like efficiency and you, you would like to be a little more comfortable in your house, you know, hypothetically, I'd say $10,000 plus. Okay. Okay. If it's something that you're looking at, maybe I'll be there for another year, another two years, another three years, it might not make sense to put that much, much of an investment in it. Yeah. Okay. You can budget that, you know, maybe um, $7,500 to, to $9,000 range. Okay. And get a good, decent system. Okay. That makes sense. So that helps. And I think it's just, it's just part of it's just not knowing, you know, some homeowners, they've never even had to replace a system. I mean, do you run into that sometimes? We're like, this is a, you know, we've owned a home for 20 years, but maybe it was two or three different homes and they've never actually had to change one out before. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, left a customer's house and, uh, they've always rented first time buying the house and they lived there since I think he said November of 2018 and you know the system is 12 years old and having some issues and they're looking at replacing it so it's his first time he doesn't even know what to think about Um, he did tell me that he wasn't going to pay attention to the internet um, because he thought it was a little deceiving himself so right you know when I talked to him he he really didn't you know I get surprised uh, but some of them do and um, that price range can be quite different quite big yeah and it really like you said too it depends on you know you could have neighbors but if their homes are different layouts they could Mm. be similar systems but it could be a different price based on location and size and any add-ons you want and warranty all that good stuff right yeah i actually had that same scenario just a few days ago uh he was like hey my customer or my neighbors was this much and it's like okay his was a high efficiency Yours isn't, and uh-huh. um, to move up to that high efficiency, it costs extra because we have to run PVC flues and, and a drain and sort of stuff. Okay, so his house was set up, like it was already like 80% efficient, and so it's moving into more of a 90% efficient yeah. system, where his neighbor already had that. His neighbor already had that high efficiency furnace. Okay, so that makes complete sense. It's a great example. So when you're in homes, let's go on to surprise number three, mm-hmm. and we hear about this one a lot. So when you're in homes and you're taking your measurements, you know, we talk a lot about sizing equipment based on temperatures outside for Indiana, Indianapolis, right? But also the ductwork that's already in the home. And so a lot of times we'll find that the existing equipment there is not sized correctly for the ductwork. It tends to be oversized, right? Why does that matter? Why does correct size matter? Well, if if you got too big of an air conditioner, for example, um, it doesn't dehumidify the house well. So we want it to run long cycles, not doesn't need to run 20 or 30 minutes, but we want it to run long enough that it dehumidifies the house. Okay. And if it's too big, it's just going to short cycle, we call it, kick on for, you know, five or six minutes and then kick right back off. Okay. Um, the other thing is, is efficiency. It, 
too big of a system, it's kicking on and off too much, and, and that's just wear and tear and efficiency isn't good with that. Okay, so that could eventually affect maybe the, the life of certain parts yeah, inside the equipment, right? Or your utility bill or something mm-hmm. like that. Now, sometimes I know, I think, I naturally think that if my system runs in longer cycles, it's going to cost more. Like I'd rather have it turn on and, and then just turn off and then turn on and just turn off. Is that not true? No, actually, um, it isn't. Actually, turning it off and on a system is is worse than letting it run because the amp draws the kilowatts that it draws to kick on it, it takes more to start that piece of equipment. Okay, then just to, then just to keep it on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I guess, too, I'll hear you guys talk a little bit about um, the fluctuation of temperature when it is on and off and on and off and on and off yeah, versus when it stays on. Very uncomfortable. You get those spikes in temperatures and then you're hot, cold too much. Okay. And you can definitely feel that. And sometimes... Sometimes you may not even be aware of it until you don't have that anymore. And then you say, oh, wow, I didn't realize how much more comfortable this was. A lot of homeowners don't realize they can be more comfortable in their own homes. Okay. So what do people, when when it is a surprise, so say somebody has a a three-ton air conditioner on their house or a 100,000 BTU furnace, and you come back in and say, I'm going to really recommend and quote a two and a half ton or or a 70,000 BTU, what are they scared of? Well, they're scared that it's not going to heat and cool their house well. Um, A lot of homeowners, you know, they're used to it. They're used to it blasting out air as as fast as it can out the vent. And we've learned nowadays that it's not the best thing. Just gradually warming up a house and keeping it at a consistent temperature is best. And and you got to explain that to a homeowner. Okay. Okay. So that's a conversation that you probably have fairly often, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So let's think about surprise number four. So here in Indiana, there are quite a few homes that have heat pump systems. They are all electric. They have a heat pump. Now, the difference between a heat pump system and a gas system is, as far as comfort goes, for the average person like myself, is the heat pump feels like a colder heat than the gas furnace does, right? So sometimes people say, hey, I want to get rid of this. So when I replace my system, let's just get rid of the heat pump. Why does that come as a surprise to people? When they can't get it done, um, they think they can just install another system. But really, the, the bad thing about it is, is if we remove that heat pump, your electric bill is going to skyrocket. Again, left a homeowner's house this morning and her heat pump stopped working. We're a second opinion. Uh, her electric bill has been 580 bucks. Oh, ouch. So ouch, without ouch, ouch. that heat pump, your electricity okay. goes up. It's warmer air, but the bad thing is, is it's more expensive to run. Okay, so the electric furnace, the electric furnace is the part that's so expensive to mm-hmm. run. Okay, so with a heat pump, let's talk very quickly the difference between a heat pump and an air conditioner. They're both located outside. They both kind of look the same. Yep. What's the difference between the two? There's a couple extra parts in there that um, flip it into heating, so it, re- it reverses the flow of refrigerant, and you get your heating from there. The heat pump does. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but it also cools. It does. Okay, so your heat pump outside heats and cools. The air conditioner only cools. Only cools, yep. Okay, so if somebody would decide, you know what, I just, I don't want this heat pump, just put an air conditioner on it. Technically, you can do that, correct? We can. I wouldn't advise of it. Okay, that's what, and like technically somebody said, we were like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. We won't even, we won't even give you that option. Once I start explaining um, what could happen? I mean, a five hundred dollar, a five hundred eighty dollar electric bill. I mean, they'll v- come back around to it. And, yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. At what point 
is a heat pump because heat pumps are, are generally very efficient so at what point is it no longer efficient some most i would say somewhere around 30 degrees i mean sometimes if if the house is insulated well and depending on how efficient the heat pump is it could go a little bit lower okay and you're talking about the outside temperature outdoor temperature yes. okay so once it gets down now we've had a lot of that in the past few weeks here yep. in indianapolis and so would you say that a lot of people who have all electric homes are going to see a spike in their electric bill yeah, most of them will. They'll see a small spike in their electric bill um, for the last couple of weeks. But um, obviously, we've got nice weather now. so That heat pump's kicking back in. Yeah. Okay. So just know that if your home is all electric, you're going to want a heat pump. Yes. Okay. If your definitely. home is gas, do you have a heat pump option? You do. We call that a dual fuel system. Okay. Um, so it's just more efficient. Typically, we cut that off, though, at um, 35 degrees, and then the gas furnace kicks on. So anything okay. above 35 degrees outside... The heat pump runs, and it's just more efficient for you. Okay, gotcha. But then you also have the warmth of that gas heat, and it's not nearly as expensive to run as the electric heat, right? Yeah, most okay. definitely. Okay, so let's talk about the last surprise that you encounter with homeowners sometimes. So um, one of the biggest comfort complaints that we hear is that it's hot upstairs, cold downstairs, or um, it just it feels sticky in this area of the house, or it's just it's a temperature problem in this area of the house. Well, sometimes, not always, but sometimes it's not really a temperature problem. It's a humidity problem. So talk to me a little bit about that. Well, Indiana weather, we fluctuate so much. I mean, it could be 70 degrees outside with 90% humidity. Uh Hello, April (laughs) and May. (laughs) Yeah, And it can be 90 degrees with 70% humidity. So it really bounces around so much. So that's where a, you know, modulating air conditioner or variable speed air conditioner can take really good effect um, it fluctuates with the temperatures outside and it makes you feel more comfortable also a dehumidifier is great for the times that you're not kicking on your air conditioner okay um, just in the may or uh, march and april time months. and sometimes may too for sure yeah. yeah i mean if it's 70 degrees outside most people think god that feels good but then you know it's 90 percent humidity so you got that humidity issue and you know flip on your dehumidifier instead of your hvac system Okay, so, you know, we'll, a, a lot of times, you know, we start getting calls for um, people saying it's hot in my home. I don't think my air conditioner is working. Honestly, once it hits about 75 degrees outside, especially if it's a home that um, doesn't have a lot of trees for natural shade or if the sun comes in a certain way or, you know, maybe the home isn't insulated really well, they'll, we'll get calls early. And, you know, in your mind, you might think, like, just open your window, right? But when it's mm-hmm. 70 degrees outside with 90% humidity, that means all that humidity is coming in, yeah. right? And it's really, so if that air conditioner isn't running, like you said, because it's not really that hot outside, yep. there's nothing to remove the humidity. And we all know that, I don't know, I feel like after you walk outside, even if it's 70 degrees with 100% humidity, we all feel like we need to shower <laughs> as <laughs> yeah. soon as we come in, right? Yeah, you start sweating. Yes, yes. Yep. So it's just very uncomfortable. It's sticky. Mm-hmm. So it's good to know that there's other options besides just the air conditioner with that whole home dehumidifier that can yeah. really work. So is that going to make your home? So if the air conditioner's off, but the dehumidifier is running, is that going to make your home feel cooler? Yeah. I mean, less humidity in the air makes you feel more cooler. You don't sweat. Okay. Um, so it's like that dry desert heat, you know? I mean, it's a dry heat. That means it's never hot, right? (laughs) They always say like Vegas, oh, it's a dry heat. So 120 degrees, no big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Well, at 120, that's still hot. (laughs) But 70, you know, with a little bit of humidity isn't bad. 
Yeah, I don't know. I might need a jacket. 70 degrees and no humidity out there, I might need a jacket. So on a dehumidifier, are those expensive to run? No, they're actually really efficient. Okay, so it's not like it's going to cost you more than an air, your air conditioner or anything like that. Yeah, definitely cheaper than the air conditioner to run. Okay, okay. So Travis actually installed a whole home dehumidifier in our home. And I tell you what, I became a big believer once we experienced it. That first year, we didn't even turn our air conditioner on until June. Yeah. Because it was just the humidity was so comfortable. And, and we have a piano in our home. And so humidity levels are really important to me for the piano and keeping it in tune and everything as well. So... Yeah, I mean, 75 degrees in a home sounds warm to us, sounds hot to us. But when you have a dehumidifier getting rid of that humidity, I mean, really, it isn't that bad. Okay, so I guess that's something to think about, too, is if you do have a whole home dehumidifier, you may be able to keep your thermostat a little bit warmer than what you typically would. Yeah, most definitely. Okay. Now, you had mentioned, too, um, a little bit about getting a more efficient air conditioner, to help with the the comfort level as well. So does that go back to what you were saying earlier about kind of the cycles that it runs in? Mm-hmm. Okay, so is it kind of the same thing? Is it just runs in longer cycles? Yep. So it's not like a blast of cold air. It's it's more gradual. Yeah, so if you got a, like a three-ton unit, um, typically uh, different manufacturers have a different cycles, but um, our manufacturer, they start around 33% capacity and they can fluctuate depending on the demand and depending on the temperature outside, humidity and temperature. Oh, 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 okay. So if it's 75 degrees outside and I have my air conditioner on, it might only need 33% of its capacity to cool my home. Yeah, it may only need, you know, a ton, ton and a half system. I gotcha. But then if it's 90 degrees outside. It'll ramp right up. Okay, and it's going to need more. And so that makes sense. So then I would imagine that'd be saving quite a bit on utility bills down the road too. Okay, so obviously systems like that are going to be more of an investment up front than a system that simply just turns on and turns off, Yeah. right? But you should really see that savings on the back end and just the overall comfort. The comfort is the biggest thing to me. Yeah. I, you know, we always we say we talk a lot about in our company that we, you know, we all work hard. We here in our company, every all of our clients that we serve, everybody, we're hard workers. Um, we deserve to have a home that's comfortable. Yeah, I don't want to go home to a home that's hot. No, no. <laughs> I know in the winter. So we have a heat pump with a gas furnace at our home because I... I'm a big budgeter and I like to save money and everything. I'm like, oh, as efficient as we possibly can, right? Travis comes home after working outside in 20 degree weather all day and he immediately flips it over to the gas. <laughs> to well, the he gas wants to get warm. <laughs> yes. And it's just, it's all about comfort for him, yeah. right? It's that gas, that warm heat. It feels good. It, it warms the home up quickly. So it is, it's all about what you want. But, you know, just knowing that, you know, you may be a little surprised by something, but it just, you know, just ask questions and know that, you know, we want you to feel comfortable you know most companies want you to feel comfortable with your investment yeah most definitely yeah we know it's a big investment we know that um there can be sticker shock on this sometimes but just thinking about it is an investment for your home and for your comfort yes okay travis thank you so much for being here today you've given us a ton of good information no thank you From LCS Heating and Cooling, I'm Renee Lucas. Thanks for joining me today on Talk and Trades. Please subscribe for my weekly tips, advice, and real talk about your home experience. You can also find us at lcsheatingandcooling.com or on Facebook. Have an awesome day. From LCS Heating and Cooling in Indianapolis, Indiana, this is Talk and Trades. Real talk with Renee Lucas. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast now and discover even more great podcasts at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.